Hello, Vitality Radio listeners. We just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode discusses mental health, suicide, death thoughts, depression, and addiction, which may be triggering for individuals. Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. I'm your host each and every Saturday morning. So glad to have you here with me on Vitality Radio, a brand new, beautiful day in Salt Lake City, Utah. My heavens, there's a little wispy white clouds, otherwise a beautiful blue sky. It's like 70 degrees today. I mean, this is perfect weather. This is absolutely perfect weather. Please enjoy this Memorial Day weekend. How could it be better than this? My heavens, we are blessed. Okay, so Vitality Radio is here to provide for you information that you don't get from most other places and uh, an alternative viewpoint on some things. And today I'm quite excited because I have a guest that I had on years ago now. I don't even remember how long it's been, but I think it's been at least three years. Uh, Dr. Hanna will be joining us talking about allergy season and things that you can do naturally to stay away from drugs to help with your allergies by simply cleaning out a certain part of your body. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be very, very good. Uh, She's an excellent guest, and we've had great success with uh, uh, her information online uh, in the past. So excited to have her on board. And I also have, of course, a rant. And this rant is a little varied, but it's all related, and I think you're going to enjoy it. And I hope that it opens your eyes to a few things that are going on in this country that really stink, many of which you can take an active role in changing. So we're going to talk about that as well. Vitality Radio, always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, Utah at 107 South, 500 West. You can call us if you have any questions about anything regarding your health and wellness at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. We love to hear from you, and uh, it's always exciting for me to personally meet uh, anyone who listens to Vitality Radio. So please come in, say hi. Love to see you there at Vitality at 107 South 500 West. You can join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vitality Radio is how you find us there. And uh, I'm just uh, super excited for today's show. So let's get into it with the morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smokescreens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Oh, boy. What a couple of weeks it's been. You know, I wasn't live last week. We had to do a a rerun. For those of you who listen on a regular basis, you probably noticed that I was talking about um, winter things uh, last week. I apologize for that. But I know it was a great show with a great guest, so hopefully you learned something as well. Um, This time, I am live in studio And uh, so we'll be talking about some current events, Uh, a couple of deaths in the news that grabbed my attention this last week or so. One was a teenager, 16 years old, who the coroner is saying died from a caffeine overdose. Not something you hear very often. Uh, And uh, so it certainly came to my attention and I wanted to share with you my thoughts on that. Another was a much more widely publicized and um, 
tragic, uh, well, as tragic, but uh, widely publicized publicized death of a famous person, Chris Cornell, the lead singer of Soundgarden, Audio Slave, and Temple of the Dog, as well as a person who has written four magnificent solo albums. Uh, Actually, one of my favorite singers of all time, so this one grabbed me uh, quite... um, Strongly and uh, made me think and do a little bit of research into why this happens. You know, every time somebody takes their life, it's a tragedy that is not ever probably fully explained or understood outside of the mind of the person who actually uh, commits that suicide. And in this case, if you haven't heard, uh, Chris Cornell was found in his hotel room. He had uh, uh, hanged himself uh, and the... Uh, coroner uh, was easily able to tell that was the cause of death. Now, the interesting thing is there were probably prescription drugs in his system. We're still waiting for a toxicology report. But some very uh, interesting things almost always surround these types of deaths. And one of them is prescription drugs are often, if not almost always, present when this type of stuff happens. It also They're also present in these mass homicides that you hear about in some of the more um, tragic things that we'll hear that don't seem to make any sense prescription drugs mind-altering drugs in almost every case things that are anti-anxiety or antidepressant in nature are often involved now you would think that anti-anxiety and antidepressant drugs would have the reverse effect but listen to the drug Ativan, the one that Chris Cornell took not too long before he committed suicide. Just some of a very long list of what are called incidents unknown side effects, meaning they don't know how often this happens when people take these drugs. Aggressive and angry feelings, agitation, anxiety, attack, assault, or force Confusion about identity, place, and time, difficulty in speaking, discouragement, fear, or nervousness, feeling sad or empty, loss of interest or pleasure, loss of memory, irritability, and thoughts or attempts at killing oneself. Now, that comes right from drugs.com, and uh, therefore, uh, you know, should be relatively reliable information on Ativan, which is also known by its uh, generic name, lorazepam. In between 20 and t- sorry, 2010 and 2014, more than 6,500 people died from drug overdoses involving benzodiazepines. These the same type of drug that di- that uh, lorazepam is. In 2011 alone, 27.6 million prescriptions were handed out for Ativan in the United States, resulting in over 36,000 people being rushed to the emergency room. Doesn't sound like a very safe drug to take, does it? Uh, We know that it has strong addictive properties, and uh, that makes it even more tragic when you start to learn a little bit more about Mr. Cornell himself. His wife said, when we spoke after the show, I noticed he was slurring his words. He was different. When I asked him if he had taken any drugs, he got agitated and angry, which wasn't typical of him. When he told me that he may have taken an extra Ativan, also uh, known as lorazepam, or two, an extra one or two, I I contacted security and asked that they check on him. Well, security did. They ran to the hotel. They had to break through two doors and found him dead. Now, the history of Chris Cornell. He's a recovering addict. Um, He, from the age of 12, had been using drugs as strong as heroin and had been in and out of significant drug abuse from that age all the way up until he kicked the habit through rehab uh, in 2002. So for about 26 years, he struggled with prescription and non-prescription drug abuse and addiction. And yet he had a prescription for an addictive psychoactive drug. That doesn't even make any sense to me. I don't even understand that. Now, you remember the same type of thing with Michael Jackson, who was also, a, um, well, far more famous than Chris Cornell. Uh, the only two things they have in common is that they were famous singers who um, both did the song Billie Jean. And by the way, Chris Cornell's version, incredible. So here we have a gentleman 52 years of age with a 
what everybody around him says is a very happy marriage and a very successful career with a, uh, I think, 11 and 12 year old child and, and a 17 year old child from a previous marriage who nobody suspected as suicidal at all who before the show that night had had a long conversation with his wife about a vacation plan that they were going to make for this summer, who then called his wife after the show, who was slurring his words, one of the most more common uh, things that happens with lorazepam, even at regular doses, let alone overdoses, was angry and agitated, and then dead. There are so many things wrong with this that I can't even express it, but what might be the most wrong is the unbelievable two-faced approach that the government takes to these things. Because we have a product, lorazepam, that was prescribed to almost 28 million people in 2011 alone in this country. That's almost 10% of the population had almost 40,000 people going to the emergency room that year, is highly addictive, and creates suicidal and homicidal thoughts in individuals, and yet is completely protected because it is a prescription pharmaceutical. Now, in North Dakota, a couple of weeks ago, what happened? The Bismarck Police Department cracked down on cannabidiol hemp oil sold at local health food stores, reporting the product is illegal. Around noon on Thursday, this is two weeks ago, three narcotics detectives purchased bottles of CBD hemp oil from Terry's Health Products and Bizman Community Food Co-op. Some of the products tested positive for CBD. Of course they did. They were sold as CBD supplements. And Bismarck Police has seized, uh, seized those bottles from the stores, according to Sergeant Mike Bolm, a detective with the narcotics unit. Both stores confirmed that they have stopped selling the product. Now, what is CBD? CBD comes from industrial hemp. It has a virtually non-existent level of THC, which is the psychoactive part of hemp or marijuana, and yet is used successfully by millions of people every day for anxiety, depression, chronic pain. Now, what do those three things have in common? First, anxiety drugs. Depression drugs, chronic pain drugs are all highly addictive and related to a high number of deaths by either suicide or overdose, accidental overdose, in America every year. Every day, in the case of pain meds, 26 per day is what's uh, estimated on overdose alone. And CBD, which is used successfully by many people to be off of these drugs, is now being seized by the police who their vehicles in the picture on the news report says are there to protect and serve. Now, the police, in their defense, are doing their job. The job is what's screwed up, the orders. The ridiculousness of the Drug Enforcement Agency of North Dakota to go after CBD, which is from a plant, hemp, that has that there are so many issues here because when I was at the radio station where there are filters on the internet here at the Utah Jazz Arena, I couldn't even finish writing up information for the story because I couldn't search hemp or marijuana or anything that had to do with an illicit drug, quote unquote. But I could research everything I wanted about Ativan and Lorazepam addictive where CBD is not, dangerous where CBD is not, effective maybe, sometimes, but so is CBD, and CBD never made anybody want to kill themselves. So why do we have this? Why is it that our tax money is going towards the DEA and the FDA to regulate these things and control these things? that are supposed to be dangerous to us, and they're controlling the things that aren't dangerous, like CBD, and regulating it, and trying to get it off the market, when it works very, very well and very safely for so many people, and Ativan prescriptions are running rampant. And we know what those do. 
I can't tell you how many people come into my office who are using that stuff. It's a very, very commonly used drug. You might be on it yourself. It's used for sleep. It's used for stress and anxiety. Some doctors are recommending it for depression. And while it can help, it has all of these issues associated with it that are very dangerous that most people taking it don't even know are side effects of that drug. And that leads me to the next point. The 16-year-old boy drinks a coffee from McDonald's, a, a latte, had 142 milligrams in it of caffeine, a large diet Mountain Dew, had 90 milligrams of caffeine, and then a energy drink of an unknown brand. So we assume by the size of the drink, it was in the category of something like a monster or a rock star or a large Red Bull, which puts it in the range of somewhere around 120 to 240 milligrams of caffeine. He did all that in a two-hour period, and he dropped dead at the end of class that day. And the coroner said it was because of a caffeine overdose. Well, did this kid intend to kill himself with caffeine? Well, absolutely not. Nobody even thinks they can kill themselves with caffeine, let alone a 16-year-old. There are certainly more efficient ways to do it. In fact, this particular child was an outspoken advocate against drugs in his school, and yet he was using a drug, caffeine, on a regular basis, and in this case, had too much in too short a period of time was an overweight young man who probably had, they say he had no pre-existing heart conditions, but he certainly had extra strain on his heart due to his weight, and that may have led to part of this. But regardless, he died. Thinking that all he was doing is giving himself enough energy to complete his math test or whatever it was he was doing that day. Another tragedy, right? Now, I have been the first one to tell you that I'm a health food guy who doesn't necessarily say that caffeine is a bad thing when used correctly. In fact, I think it's actually a very useful thing when used correctly. He used it incorrectly, but how is he supposed to know? Well, he doesn't know because, A, undereducated. Nobody's really talking about this the same way as with lorazepam, things like that. It's, it's, these prescriptions are handed out like candy. And a kid can go to the store and buy whatever amount of caffeine he wants and drink it down. 86% of teenagers in this country use caffeine every single day. And I remember when I was a younger man watching my friends do it. My parents were very anti-caffeine, so I wasn't drinking it. But my friends were doing Dr. Pepper and Coke and, you know, Diet Coke and Mountain Dew and all these other things. And now it's very common to see kids drinking rock stars and Red Bulls and all these drinks and not probably knowing what these things can potentially do. And while very few people drop dead from a caffeine overdose, and this is an extremely rare tragedy, the first one in the state, I believe, I believe it was South Carolina, um, in the history of that state. So this is not common. But the underlying things that are happening to these people, the addictions and everything else, are far more common and still very dangerous and, and sad, especially starting at these young ages. Chris Cornell started on drugs when he was 11 was addicted by the time he was 12, and his drug of choice, of course, wasn't caffeine. Um, got into some much harder ones, but caffeine is a drug and can cause these issues, and yet people aren't paying attention. Why are we not paying attention? I have a theory. I believe if it's, a, if it's over-the-counter, we believe it's safe. Well, that's simply not true. Depending on who you ask, somewhere between 25 and 40,000 people per year in this country are dying from... Tylenol, ibuprofen, um, those types of drugs, NSAIDs and Tylenol, which is not an NSAID, but anyway, uh, over-the-counter pain relievers every year. But they're over-the-counter, and so we think they're safe. At Costco, you can buy a 1,000 tablets of ibuprofen for like 12 bucks. What does it say when you buy a 1,000 tablets of something? It says, well, this is safe, or they wouldn't sell me a 1,000 tablets of it, Right. I was at a soccer game for four-year-olds the other day, and an 11-month-old was barely starting to walk, was waddling around with what I think were dum-dums. Little Sucker's a very great name for these things. Blue ones, one in each hand. And everybody was laughing and saying how cute it was, but it's not. It's not cute for an 11-month-old to be eating high-fructose corn syrup and artificial blue coloring, which is uh, a neurotoxin. 
and high fructose corn syrup that leads to diabetes and heart disease. Both parents love their son, I'm sure. They sure seem to. Their other son was out playing on the field with mine. But simply undereducated on the fact that just because it's out there on the market, it isn't safe for your child. And I'm not the, I'm the last guy to tell you that my kids don't ever eat that stuff. They do. But my kids are consistently educated on what is and what isn't good for them and what promotes health in their body and what doesn't. It's hard to educate kids at those young ages because they don't even understand that. But you start now and you work your way up and they start to understand these things. And we need to, as a society, recognize that people need to be educated on this and we need to educate ourselves. We can't just assume because our doctor prescribes it that it's safe. I had a gentleman walk into the store just a couple days, yesterday I believe it was actually, who had been on cholesterol meds because his doctor said, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're getting there. And for years his doctor had been saying you probably ought to go on a statin drug. I asked him what his numbers were. He was barely over 200 total cholesterol, and he had 60 HDL. Now, I don't know how much you know about cholesterol numbers, but I know a lot about cholesterol numbers. Those are good numbers. They are. And I'll dispute any doctor that wants to tell me otherwise, because 60 in HDL is hard to get. Most people are struggling to be in the low 40s, and that's the good cholesterol. You want that stuff. And to be just over 200 with a 60 HDL? It's extremely safe. There's no evidence to prove otherwise. And yet, he was put on a statin drug, and guess what? For a year, he struggled with muscle pain and weakness before he finally said, I'm not going to be on this anymore. And good for him. And so I said, educate yourself. Go read up on statin drugs and go read up on cholesterol numbers so that you can understand if you ought to be on this stuff or not. Don't just take your doctor's word for it. We do that too often. We take the food manufacturer's word for it too often. There was a study released just this week that said that people thought that whole grains, if it contained whole grains, that meant that it was healthy. That's not true. In fact, it's probably the opposite of true. Because the more grain we eat, the fatter we become as a country. Now, whole grains are better than refined grains. But we still have to be cautious with how much grain we're putting in our bodies. And now we see whole grain on a cereal box and think, oh, healthy. It's not. Not necessarily. So this rant is about a lot of things. It's about the DEA and the FDA not caring about your health. They do not care about your health. That's not their job. Their job seems to be to protect the drug companies and the food companies while appearing to protect your health. Because that's what they actually do. I don't understand it, except that I kind of do. Because it all still boils down to money. And it's our money paying those taxes. So educate yourself. Become aware. Recognize that just because it's on the market, and you can drink it, or eat it, or otherwise consume it, it does not necessarily mean that it's good for you. And that extends to scented candles, to lollipops and to over-the-counter drugs and it certainly extends to prescription drugs because if they're dangerous enough to be a prescription and that's how you should look at it if it's a prescription drug it is dangerous or it wouldn't need to be prescribed now over-the-counter drugs in most cases are also dangerous but to a lesser extent if it's a prescription drug it is considered dangerous and so a doctor has to prescribe it sign off on it. Unfortunately, it's happening too often with the drug that potentially helped Chris Cornell take his life. That's the end of the rant for me. I'm going to come back. I have Dr. Hanna. I'm so excited to have her back on the show. It's been far too long. We're going to talk about something called nasal washing. If that sounds weird to you, kind of is, but not really. And it's kind of awesome. I do it myself. We'll talk about the benefits of it and how you can kick your allergies naturally and possibly get off those allergy medications. When we come back, you're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, on Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another 
by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. So all the music in and out today is Chris Cornell uh, in uh, tribute to what I consider a great musician. Uh, thank you for all that you uh, donated to, to music while you were here on this earth. And of course, it being Memorial Day, we have to remember those, not just who have recently passed, but those who we love who have passed uh, throughout the years. Uh, today, I'm remembering my father, who's now been gone for about seven years. And without him, I wouldn't have this radio show and I wouldn't have Vitality Nutrition. So, so grateful to you, Dad. And uh, so many others, uh, those who have fought and died for our country. Uh, truly amazing sacrifices have been made all around. One of my favorite uh, people I've ever met, Colonel Jack. Uh, we uh, laid him to rest uh, not too long ago, and I'm remembering him right now as well. And, and uh, another great customer and friend of mine, uh, Rulon Craven, just a couple of weeks ago passed. So, so many wonderful people who have impacted our lives in such positive ways. Uh, we're having fun on Memorial Day weekend, I hope. I hope we're out boating and fishing and hiking and golfing and doing whatever it is that you love to do with your friends, loved ones, family, and so on. But uh, make sure that you take a little time out to remember uh, those who have influenced your life for good, because that's what this weekend is all about. Okay, uh, Vitality Radio is brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful at 107 South, 500 West. You can call us anytime at 801-292-6662. It's so good to bring this show to you. I'm so excited to be live with you today because today I have Dr. Hanna back on the air with me. Dr. Hanna, are you there? Hello, hello, and good morning. How are you? Thank you for giving me this opportunity Absolutely. It's so good to hear your voice again. It's been far too long. I, I really enjoyed your last segment. Thank you. I couldn't agree with you more about how important it is to be informed and not necessarily follow the doctor's orders, per se. I, the way that I look at it is that when patients would come to me, they would tell me their problem. I would let them know everything I know about it, give them the choices, and every choice has a risk and a benefit. And you don't take any of those lightly. And you don't take a pill easily. Absolutely. So thank you for sharing that segment. Yeah, and, and that's really what I, I – my, my entire intent with what I said just then to make sure it's clear is that our doctors are there for a reason, and they can be extremely useful in our health care yeah. decisions, and they are generally well-educated and knowledgeable in areas that we are not. And, uh, boy, when I need a doctor, I'm sure glad that he or she is there to help me or my family. But just blindly following their orders or any 
buddy's recommendation on your health is not a good idea. You have to become educated. You have to be informed. And you should never take that pill lightly, just like you said. So I appreciate you uh, confirming <laughs> my feelings for that. But let's talk about you, Dr. Hanna. You are now becoming, in my mind anyway, synonymous with uh, something that uh, is known as nasal washing. Uh, and a lot of people have never even heard of that. So can we talk about what that actually is? Sure. Um well, to, to jump off the topic we just left, as a practicing pediatrician, I learned very early on that I was in a fork in the road. And if I was going to do what I was taught in medical school for my patients, I would be giving them antibiotics, decongestants, antihistamines, asthma medications, antibiotics for every snotty nose that came into the office. But... I was a little older when I finished med school, and I was also a hippie. Way back 30 years ago, I lived off the land, grew soybeans, made tofu, um, actually helped start the home birth revolution in the United States way back. So I had that background, and I knew that if something was dirty, it made sense to wash it. And then I start looking into the history and lo and behold, for thousands of years, people have been Buddhist monks, inhaled salty water. Everyone has a grandma or a parent who said, sniff salt water when you have a cold, put your head under the towel and breathe in that steamy, warm, salty water. All of those were known facts. The question was, how was I going to get a two-year-old to wash their nose comfortably. <laughs> and a rule that I had was don't ever ask a two-year-old patient to do something if I can't. So I set out to find a way to wash the nose so even my two-year-old patients would love it. And so I designed a nose wash, not because I wanted to grow up and sell plastic bottles, but because I took that oath of first do no harm. And my other oath was treat my patients like I would my own family. And so antibiotics and decongestants were not the first thing I recommended. Um, I've written a book on the subject. Please interrupt me anytime, but I could go on and on. There are <laughs> dozens and dozens, probably a hundred studies. I know of about 65. Um, independent scientific studies referencing that nasal irrigation with the correct solution, with the correct technique, will remove 80% of the allergens. You don't have to be a doctor to realize if I'm washing away 80% of the troublemakers, will I need an antihistamine? Maybe not. Yeah, I would say uh, so, in most cases not. That's just one fact. We also know that it shrinks swollen membranes, so you don't need the decongestant. It thins the mucus so that it drains naturally. It augments healing, which means it helps bloody tissues heal quicker. And the last study, or another study, 80% of documented bacterial sinus infections. What that means is you've been sick like a dog for a week, your head is filled, you really have an infection in one of those sinuses, a bacterial one. 80% of those patients will improve without an antibiotic if they simply wash their nose. And that is huge for me because I talk all the time on Vitality Radio about the overuse of antibiotics in this country and uh, what they're doing to us as a as a country in terms of our health or lack thereof and and one of the most common uses for antibiotics in this country is for sinus infections and so and ear infections in children yeah everybody exactly. gets an ear infection when you're a kid but the truth is jared as the nose goes the ears follow absolutely absolutely you cannot have an inner ear infection without a preceding snotty nose so you know going back to the physicians there's a couple of variables you should keep in mind and the listeners. One is that 
most med students go to med school because they want to help save the world. But then they got sort of sucked into the world of finance and money and paying your bills and wanting what the other doctors have, et cetera. So they lose their focus. But the other thing is that in med school, natural approaches have not really been addressed or valued as much. It is now slowly. There are some integrated medicine classes in some of the med schools, but most health-minded people who are focused on good nutrition and decreasing the toxins that you allow in, um, those folks often are more educated than typical medical doctors, which is a sad state of affairs. Doctors tend to be about 10 or 15 years behind the times. Have you noticed? Yeah, I certainly have. I was just having that conversation talking about statin drugs with this uh, client that was in yesterday and how there will be a different tune being sung eventually. Uh, But right now, they're still grasping and holding on tight to this theory that cholesterol is the cause of heart disease uh, when the science certainly doesn't back that up. So, yeah, absolutely. Way, way, way behind the times. Is the cholesterol drug may kill you. It will expose you to a lot more suffering because of the blood Mm -hmm. tests and your liver, and it changes the quality of your life, and all of a sudden you're labeled as a sick person. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge issue, and that change, I believe, has to come from the people, the consumer, educating the physician. Demanding natural birth is, is an example of that. When I had my first two babies on the farm with the midwives in Summertown, Tennessee, there was nowhere in the world you can go have a baby with a midwife, not very many places, maybe the Amish. Mm -hmm. But now most hospitals in the United States have family birthing rooms. Right. So we have come a long way, but we are the people we have to continue to speak what we know to be true. Yep, we vote with our I voices think. and our wallets, and uh, we have to pay right. close attention to that. Right, and you know what happens, that. Jared, to humans when you're with a doctor? You become intimidated, and it's hard to ask questions. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm here to remind, it is our job. The doctor's job is to be on your team, but you're ultimately the one that has to make the decisions. Exactly. I think. It's not, it's not substantially different from going into the auto repair place when the guy comes back and says, yeah, you've got a, you need a new transmission. There's a couple of things that you ought to do. Uh, you probably ought to get a second opinion because the transmission is very expensive. <laughs> and you got to make sure that you uh, educate yourself on how that does. And then you, can, then you can decide, right? Do I get the transmission or do I not? But if you don't educate yourself on these things, whether it's a sinus infection, like you said, or an ear infection, I, I, I honor those parents who I talk to on an almost daily basis that come in and say, you know, my child has this. And I want, to, uh, I want to attack it naturally because I really don't want my child on an antibiotic if I can help it. And so many just do it because the doctor says, okay, child has ear infection, child has strep, child has sinus infection, whatever it is, child get a- gets antibiotic, and it's just one plus one equals antibiotic. And unfortunately, it is, shouldn't be that simple. And an educated parent makes it less simple, absolutely. Right, right. Speaking of antibiotics, I mean, we could go on a a million tangents, but um, the antibiotic issue may be the single scariest threat to our society because it takes about 10 years for strong antibiotics to be developed until it goes to the end consumer. And there are so many bacterial-resistant I'm sorry, antibiotic-resistant bacteria that is spreading. It used to be just in the hospitals, and now they're in the communities or vice versa. It is getting scary because there are no drugs to manage that. So basically what we're doing is we're teaching the bacteria that we used to live with, to coexist with, 
we are training them genetically to become stronger and stronger and stronger. To kill us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, now I'm going to uh, pivot to how a nose wash could help. Okay, let's do it. This is a weird thing. Um, so a lot of, a very common thing that I, I come across is I've had several sinus infections. I have chronic sinus and they want to do surgery or whatever. What we know is that when you have a chronic sinus infection, you get this like covering of, it's called a biofilm. And antibiotics cannot penetrate it. It's a mesh-like substance that your body makes. And the biofilm prevents the antibiotic from entering that area. Here's an interesting fact. You can break the biofilm with baby shampoo, and it has been shown, if you wash your nose regularly with, with a baby shampoo drop in a, in a nose wash, you remove that biofilm, and then the pus is released, and then your body heals. Well, that's interesting. That's one I've never heard before. It's a new, and it's in my book, and I can send you the PDF of the second edition of my book so that you can access it, you could share it with your listeners. Absolutely. In fact, you've uh, generously before the show said that uh, we can uh, give away the uh, free uh, digital copy of Please the book. Please do. Yeah, and so we will definitely be doing that. Uh, and if you're interested in that, uh, call us at Vitality 801 292 66 62, and we'll get you a copy of the book that Dr. Hanna wrote about this. Uh, clear, uh, clearing the air one nose at a time. Do I have it close? Caring for your personal filter, correct. Yes, okay, excellent. All right, the so. The basis of the book is to educate consumers they, so they know what the anatomy is in English, simple terms. Excellent. They know what the physiology is. They know what every nose wash that was ever invented is, how they all different, how they work differently. And then the second half of the book reviews medical conditions that all originate in the nose. Excellent. Well, it is a 70-degree day in Salt Lake City. It's Memorial Day weekend, and people are going to be outside. They're going to be working in their yards. They're going to be on their boat. They're going to be camping fishing, whatever people do on Memorial Day weekend, it is absolutely gorgeous, and I have had lots of people coming into Vitality saying that it is a rough allergy season. So let's specifically talk about, quickly, how does nasal irrigation actually work? What is it? Let's talk about that quickly, and then let's talk about why it helps. Okay. Well, nasal irrigation works because the nose is our external filter. The nose filters 10,000 liters of air a day. The nose and sinuses produce a pint to a quart of mucus per day. We know that most of the germs, allergens, enter through the nose. Doesn't it make sense to wash the filter? I, I know that... your load? I know it makes a big difference in your car and in your home. So in, it makes all kinds of sense, right? It uses a filter. And yeah. we know that washing the nose really works. The, the issue with Americans is how do I get them to change their mindset of, oh, I have an owie, I need a pill, to, oh, I have an owie, what foods can I eat that would improve my immunity and decrease that toxic load? That's my approach. Right. At least try that, and then you can try other things. So when you're... So, when you're nasal washing, you've developed an actual device um, that is somewhat, well, quite unique. There are uh, other things on the market. That ri- one of the original things, of course, was the old neti pot. Uh, many people have heard of that. And if you've ever tried to use a neti pot, it's not a specifically uh, easy thing to, to use, and especially, like you said, not on young children. Um, so what is different about what you developed, and uh, why does it work so well? Thank you for asking that. You're right on target. Um, well, first let me say for the listeners who are not familiar with the neti, N-E-T-I, it looks like a little teapot. Fill it with water, you bend over, you stick the spout into your nose, and you, it floods the sinuses and it rinses out the other side. I couldn't do it. I couldn't ask my patients to do it. I invented a wash that goes along the nasal floor, and what that means 
in real life is it takes the netty sensation of I'm drowning, I'm choking, I can't do this, I'm putting water up my nose to compare that to Nasopure, which is a bottle that has a funny design. If you hold it as instructed, it doesn't go upward, it goes straight back. And when you go straight back, it actually feels good. If it goes up, it feels like you're drowning, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. So nasal pure flushes the sinuses, but in a unique way. Unlike the neti that floods the sinuses, nasal pure never enters the sinuses. It flushes across the doorway, and it causes a negative pressure, and it sucks the sinus contents out. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I've done both. I've done the neti pot, and I've done the nasal pure system, and I do the nasal pure system, and I don't do the neti pot. That might give you an idea of how I feel about it. I have a neti pot. I used it once, (laughs) and the nasal pure I use on a fairly regular basis, and it's such a neat device. It's so simple. But so effective, and all and all you're using typically, uh, Doctor Hanna, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, in terms of your current recommendations. But it's the it's the the nasal pure bottle and uh, a unique buffered salt that you've created, uh, and that is a big deal too. Explain explain how those two things interact and, and why they're Wonderful. so useful. When I was in medical school, um, most fabulous pediatric ENT surgeon in the universe, Dr. David Parsons, said to me, he was a unique doctor, he was a surgeon who wasn't selling surgery. He said, if I could get everybody to wash their nose, I would never see these patients in the operating room. I used his recipe and most of the studies that support the safety and effectiveness of nasal washing uses the same recipe I do. I cannot patent that recipe, but I know in my heart that is the most effective. This is the recipe. It's You can't just put table salt in your bottle. Trust me, I've tried it all. My goal was to make nose washing comfortable every single time you wash. Yeah. And if you mess up with your salt and you don't add enough buffering, it doesn't do all the things I quoted. So um, I use that salt, and that salt has been shown to remove 80% of the allergens, shrink swollen membranes, thin the secretion, improve the filtering by 17%, augment healing, and it kills germs. All really, really awesome things. And, and I'm telling you, from personal experience, it really does work. And it, I hear from dozens of my regular customers of Vitality on a regular basis, how well it uh, helps them, people who've suffered with chronic sinus issues, whether it be uh, infections or uh, allergies or things like that, that if they just keep the filter clean with the nasal pure system, they don't have problems like they used to. And, and, and I've had people tell me that they've been on multiples of antibiotics. It's that vicious cycle that happens. We see it with ear infections and sinus infections, and we see it with strep, and we see it with urinary tract infections and so many other things. But specific things to the respiratory system, we see these things, and people are on an antibiotic, and then they feel better until they get sick again, and then they're on another antibiotic until they feel better, until they get sick again, and eventually the antibiotic doesn't work at all. And oftentimes it's that person who comes in desperate and says, I need help, and we get them nasal pure and say, just clean that thing out and keep it clean, and you'll be amazed at how much better you feel, and lo and behold, that's exactly what happens. They feel better, and they don't need the stinking antibiotics anymore. But then they have to maintain washing. Yes. And that is what often people... My experience is that humans are like, no, I don't want to wash my nose. You know, I don't want to floss. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, but now I have a snotty nose. So then they'll try it. It works. And they put it aside till the next time they get sick. After the third episode of an illness, they incorporate it into their daily hygiene. That's what I've experienced. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody we learn has slow different sometimes. needs. And I don't care if they wash with Nasopure or a garden hose or a turkey baster. <laughs> what I care about is that we use less drugs. The example you gave where the person has three sinus infections, then the next step is 
the bacteria that's growing has now become more potent. And the only option the surgeon, the ENT, is going to give you is let's get in there and clean it out, which that means, do you know what that means? That means rotorooting your sinuses. And what, 60% of people who have sinus surgery are back under the knife in 5 to 10 years. It doesn't address the real issue. No, not at all. And I've heard that time and time again from people who've had multiple sinus surgeries. And, and what a miserable existence that is for something that's so easily preventable. Can you imagine? Talk about suffering, human suffering. Yeah. If you can't breathe through your nose, it's not fun. Nope. It's not. It is for children. It, does, it affects their appetite, it affects their sleep, it affects their disposition, it affects their ability to follow orders or suggestions. It really affects children in a negative way. Um, so, nasal, you know, nasal pure is just an easy way to wash the nose. I have found that most people will try it if they're sick. To me, that's akin to, I've never brushed my teeth. Now I'm full of cavities, <laughs> and my teeth are super sensitive. Right. And now I'm going to start brushing my teeth. Well, and we really, so, we ought to look at this as preventative medicine, because that's exactly what it is, right? I think so. And also, when, you're, when you have a history of nose issues, it's a little bit like you've been abused. Your nose has been the focus of abuse, and you're a little afraid to touch it to a lot of those folks are afraid to wash i recommend people trying it at least once when they're healthy because it feels so good that's akin to brushing your teeth when you have healthy teeth so you can wash your nose when you're sick but i it makes more sense to learn that it feels good before you get sick because aren't we talking really about prevention yes absolutely so with if, if you're dealing with these things whether you're doing it and you're dealing with it now or you've dealt with them in the past um, trying out the nasal pier makes all kinds of sense because it is it's a preventative thing it's very economical to use it's very simple to use now it didn't used to be when we were dealing with neti pots but thanks to Dr. Hanna, we have a much easier approach that works very very well uh, and it is just it's it's extremely effective, and so if you again, if, if it's allergies, if it's chronic infections, if it's just um, excessive mucus, if it's any of those types of things that are dealing post-nasal with nasal drip, yeah, post nasal drip, snoring, asthma, recurrent ear issues, recurrent sinus issues. There you go. Mm. So many what things. What else am I thinking? Bloody noses. Uh, colds um, on a regular basis that, uh, you know, the, those uh, upper respiratory infections, those types of things 30% as well. percent of people who get off an airplane will have a, a, a common cold or a viral infection within a few days because they just came from a place that has fairly new germs that the person's not used to. We know that if you wash your nose when you get off the airplane, you don't get sick from what you were exposed in at the airport and the airplane. Yeah, if you it's not high tech, Jared. No, it's, like, it's, it's the common germs sense. The are right there in the hair, nose hairs. Yep, wash them out. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Totally agree. Dr. Hanna, unfortunately, I'm going to have to let you go. The show is almost over. It, you're always a wealth of information. I love your passion and your education uh, is always welcome on Vitality Radio. We sure appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. The product is assembled by adults with disabilities in Columbia, Missouri. Anybody could email us for questions if after they've read the book. And I thank you for your time. Thank you. Okay, so we are going to cut to just a very quick break, and then I'm going to wrap up the show uh, for this Memorial Day weekend with a, little, a quick little message for you. When I come back, you're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, on Vitality Radio. Insurgent Sports Nutrition is a brand new sports supplement company with a unique philosophy, refuse to conform. In the sports nutrition industry, one company starts something and has some success and everyone else tends to follow their lead. What you end up with is a bunch of Me Too products that don't add up to anything special. What you typically see on the market are formulas with all kinds of ingredients that look good on the label 
but do very little to advance your training and performance. At Insurgents, our motto is, everything you need, nothing you don't. While many brands put the right ingredients in a product, most don't put the right dose. There are clinical trials for a reason, to prove not only if an ingredient works, but also how much of that ingredient it takes to provide the desired effect. At Insurgents, we won't add an ingredient to a formula unless we can add the clinically effective dose. Our first formula is our Insurgents pre-workout. Pre-workouts nowadays are a dime a dozen. They even sell them at the big box stores. The vast majority of pre-workouts on the market are overdosed on caffeine and other stimulants and underdosed on the stuff that actually increases your performance. Insurgents pre-workout has all of the most critical ingredients to improve endurance, strength, energy, and without the crash that comes with a megadose of stimulants. Insurgents pre-workout comes with or without caffeine and has no additional stimulants. If you want a truly effective, hype-free pre-workout that tastes great, is free of artificial colors, and absolutely does the job, refuse to conform and join the Insurgents. For more information about Insurgents pre-workout, call Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Welcome back to Vitality Radio, listening to Chris Cornell and a little tribute to him and his life and the tragic death that was, uh, in my opinion, assisted at least by uh, prescription pharmaceuticals uh, for someone who probably uh, should have not been on that particular drug with his history. Anyway, I've got just a couple minutes left. I feel like it's been a really educational show. Sure, happy to have had Dr. Hanna on, and uh, I hope that was useful for you. If you have questions about nasal washing, uh, we are here to answer them for you. At Vitality, starting at 10 o'clock is when we open up, so just right when the show ends, the store will be open. Call us at 801-292-6662. And to close out, I want to tell just a real quick story. I had a gentleman in the store just two days ago uh, who was experiencing high blood pressure, hereditary high blood pressure, and he uh, has his his dad, his um, grandfather, his grandmother, I believe, also he said, uncle, uh, brother. I mean, everybody in the family just about deals with high blood pressure, and of course that's a concern. I'm far more concerned about uh, my clients that have high blood pressure than people who are dealing with high cholesterol, for instance, in terms of you know the, the actual level of danger present there. And uh, so after about eight years of uh, persistence by his doctor, he finally decided to go on a blood pressure drug. But he didn't like how he felt on it. Uh, he, didn't, he felt like he was getting some side effects and wasn't happy with the results. And it only really helped his blood pressure. It helped, but it didn't help a ton, not as much as he expected it to. Um, in fact, it worked quite well for about a year and then didn't work as well after that, um, as I recall. So he came in and uh, was talking to me, and I said, you know, one of the things that I love uh, is something that I believe is one of the most preventative things you can do for any kind of heart condition, and it's a combination of arginine and citrulline, two amino acids. Uh, Dr. Ignaro uh, won the Nobel Prize for Medicine with his discovery of how nitric oxide works in the body, and specifically how arginine and citrulline uh, increase nitric oxide, and it basically it's simple, little explosions of gas inside the arterial system uh, that uh, push against the vascular wall, which in time increases the elasticity. Uh, and so you have less cracking, you have less need for buildup of things like cholesterol uh, and potential less potential for blockage. But that also is very vasodilating, which helps with blood pressure naturally. And uh, he found that he's actually had better success uh, with that than he has with blood pressure medication and uh, is has been very happy with the results and I hear that on a regular basis now it's 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 starting to be very common for people to come in and say guess what no need for blood pressure meds uh, now that I'm uh, just uh, vasodilating with this and what's great about it is you get these natural side benefits of enhanced sexual performance uh, and athletic performance as well so this is there's some real benefits to getting that nitric oxide up I highly recommend taking a look at it I have no family history of heart disease and I actually use arginine and citrulline all the time so there you go that's my last little tidbit for you for the day it is Memorial Day please remember those who've passed before us who loved you who influenced your lives and uh, in in addition to that 
of course, those men and women who have uh, died for our freedom here. Please keep fighting for that freedom that we achieved so many years ago. And don't let the government walk all over us. Uh, It's up to you. It's up to all of us to make sure that that doesn't happen. Fight for our freedom every day with our voice, with our vote, and with our pocketbook. And thank you so much for listening to me, Jared St. Clair, on Vitality Radio. listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.